Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Ask Bloss, the weekly Ask Me Anything, where you get to ask me anything and everything you want, and I give you my honest, unfiltered opinion. So come at me with your questions and dilemmas. I'm here to help. I love the goss, so let's get straight into it. Okay, question number one. What do you think about having a sugar daddy? I feel like I should be paid for the time and energy I spend on men. So I feel like those are two very different questions. What do I think about having a sugar daddy and feeling like you should be paid for the time and energy you spend on men? Is this a relationship that you already have and you want to be paid for being in that relationship that already has an existing ground of establishing that it's just a relationship when everyone's being paid? Or do you want to set up something new and have a sugar daddy? I think you can do whatever the fuck you want. If you want to have a sugar daddy and you want to be paid for spending time with men, I think it's it's one thing to set up that agreement from the beginning and one thing to change uh, a relationship with your boyfriend, for example, and say, I think I need to start being paid for spending time with you. However, a lot of women I know definitely feel that they would like the men to be paying for them in their relationship. And I think typically those things start from the beginning. I have friends who have never paid a bill in their life with their boyfriends. Their boyfriends love to pay for their dinners because they feel it's an honour just to spend their fucking time with them. But I think most of this stuff is usually established at the beginning of a relationship. Um, definitely, if you want to change your dynamic with your partner, you, you're allowed to do so. You're, you're allowed to bring it to them. But they're also allowed to decline that request. I think it's probably a lot easier to start something up from scratch. I also know people who have boyfriends and then have had other people pay for them. So some people are in relationships with men and then have a sugar daddy on the side and the boyfriend's totally cool with it. They get their dinners paid for by this other man. There are so many situations that you can set up for yourself that really suit you. You can do whatever the fuck you want and if you want to set something up with someone where you're being paid to spend time with them, you can fucking do that. It's your life, it's your body, it's your time, it's your energy. And it is work as well. And it's a form of sex work. And I don't think you should have any shame around a desire to do that. But I think because of your second part of your question where you said, I feel like I should be paid for the time and energy I spend on men. I don't know if this is men you're dating or a man you're in a relationship or something, but do what you want. There's no fucking rules. There's literally no rules. People make up their own relationship rules all the time. Everything was just created by someone a long time ago that told us who the fuck to be. If I have to beg my boyfriend for attention, am I needy or is there something wrong? Yes, there's something wrong. You should not have to be begging for attention. First of all, there is someone out there who not only will give you everything you want, but will give you things you didn't even know fucking existed. You will be receiving love and care and attention in ways that you didn't even know were your love languages. There is someone out there who can love and treat you in that way. Now, perhaps this person, let's give the situation the benefit of the doubt, your boyfriend is an incredible person. He's always loved you. He's always been amazing. But he's loving you in a way that isn't, that isn't matching your love language. So he's showing you that he loves you by buying you gifts all the time, but you just want to have a fucking conversation with him. That's all you want. Your words of affirmation are your thing. Two people can be loving each other in completely different languages and not receiving that love because you don't receive love in gifts, but that's what he likes to do. He likes to spend money. He likes to give, 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 give. But you just want a fucking conversation. You want to talk about your emotions. You want to talk about your feelings. You want to be complimented in a certain way. Sometimes there is a conversation around love languages. However, if you are very unsatisfied in your relationship 
um, and the person doesn't feel right for you, you have no obligation to stay just because of fucking love languages. Like if this person isn't treating you well and you're having to beg for attention, which is what you've said in your message, you definitely deserve better. And that's all I'm going to say. You deserve better. Okay, on to the next question. Why do we get addicted to toxic relationships? There are so many psychological reasons for this. I'm no expert, but I've read so many books on it. The main thing is attachment and trauma bonding and past trauma. Um, it's also a level of self-worth. So self-worth is not the reason or a justification to to excuse someone abusing you. It's, you know, people don't end up in these situations and it's their fault. However, if we have a low sense of self-worth and we don't believe that we deserve more than we're currently being offered, it's hard to imagine a future or even a person that could give it to us. And so we learn to accept and tolerate this level of dysfunction in our lives where we're being treated like this because it's all we know. It's all we know. It's all that's ever existed. We've never seen an example of healthy love and so it's quite literally sometimes a thing of the imagination where we cannot imagine that someone like us would ever get to experience a love like that. And so we settle for the crumbs given to us by someone, crumbs of affection, crumbs of attention, when we deserve the whole fucking cake. Okay, on to the next question. How do you respond when someone uses religion as an excuse for homophobia? I've never had it happen directly to me. No one's ever seen me with a girl and said you're going to hell. And no one's ever used religion to make me feel shame about my sexuality directly. I have definitely experienced it online. I will just ignore it if it's online. But I assume that you're experiencing something here and you want a solid answer. So if I was in that situation... I don't know. It depends on the relationship I have with the person. Mostly I would try to just ignore it and know that it's their shame and not mine. But maybe it's someone in my life. Let's say, for example, if my grandma was religious, which she isn't. But if my grandma was religious and she said something like that to me, I'd probably bring up the argument of, but doesn't God love everyone? You know, that's the, 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 the whole point of being religious, isn't it? It's God loves all. God loves everyone apart from gay people. It just seems so, it just seems so fucking suspicious. And was completely made up. I recently learned it was it was created in the 70s. Um, no one had a thing against gay people in terms of religious, in terms of Christianity until the 70s when they needed a reason to recruit people onto some kind of program. And so they just made up with the, uh, with the AIDS crisis and made gay people into a group that God didn't love. So I would probably just bring up the whole point of like, but doesn't God love everyone? It just kind of puts a hole in the argument, doesn't it? If God's supposed to love everyone, then why doesn't he love me? Okay, on to the next question. Is it normal to feel jealous of your own friends doing well? Yes, it's completely normal. It's actually a symptom of proximity envy, which is something I learned through one of my guests on the show, ContraPoints, uh, in her YouTube video on envy. Please fucking watch it. She said that it's easier to be envious and jealous of someone the closer you are to them because it's easier to compare to. So for example, we don't feel jealous of, or envious rather, in this way that it stirs up something ugly inside of you to someone who comes from a different background to us because there's less to compare to in terms of, oh, well, that could have never been me because I did not have this upbringing or that could have never been me because they're 20 years older than me. We have a much harder time dealing and reckoning with feelings of jealousy when they are closer to our peer group. They look like us or they're in the same school as us, whatever it is. You always find those people who like you went to school with if they become successful, it's always the people from school that will hate on them or be really proud of them. It's it's this 
heightened example of it because they're either really proud to have come from the same place as them or hate that they've come from the same place as them because it's a a much direct form of comparison because you both come from the same place and this person is doing x y and z but one thing i will say is trust the fucking timeline of your life that i know that that advice has just been thrown around left right and center everywhere but it's something i'm learning right now myself is that you don't have to rush anything anything where an urgency is placed upon you to complete or rush into or this needs to happen now 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 is not meant for you and it's probably not real. That comes with a relationship, it comes with work, it comes with professional stuff, friendships, whatever it is, opportunities, you need to act on it now. Normally there's someone in the background pressuring you to do that for their own gain or their own profit. So, um, you know, whatever your friend's going through, your friend is having a great love life, your friend is having a great career, you have to be happy for them and wish more of it for them. Wish more of it for your friend and it will come back to you because you gain literally nothing from trying to sabotage someone apart from some kind of sadistic desire and you're satiated for a little bit but you'll go right back to feeling shit afterwards almost every single time you try to sabotage someone or give them some bad advice or try and bitch about someone behind their back to ruin their reputation because they're doing really well whatever it is it might satiate a bit of that jealousy for a few seconds but then you go right back to facing your insecurities that led you to feeling that way in the first place and also jealousy is such a good fucking arrow to point you to the things that you want the second you feel jealous of someone in the media in your school in your class in your work think oh i want that that's why i'm feeling that way are there any steps i can do or take towards that goal myself and my own personal life and just kind of work from there so yes, jealousy is completely normal to have, but it's also tameable. It lets you know what you want and it's a gift because it can just open you up to other possibilities in your life that you weren't aware of before, of things you might want to do. Okay, next question. How do I cope with shame and guilt about feeling jealous that overrides me being able to unpack it? Okay, I kind of answered this in my last question, but when it overrides you being able to unpack jealousy, when the jealousy is so potent, you need to pause because you can get into the danger zone of getting pulled very out of your character when you're jealous, um, doing things, saying things um, that can hurt the other person, that ruin the other person's reputation, that damage your character and how you're perceived by the people also I think it's good to have a safe space for jealousy but mostly that should be for your therapist or your diary because that is some ugly stuff that has nothing to do with the other person and everything to do with you and I think you've got to try and imagine how would you feel if you were excelling well in your life and you knew someone was seething absolutely seething over your success um, I think you have to wish for others what you want for yourself and really just push through. I'm not saying it's easy. Um, I've definitely been one for, what's the word? It's not, it's more than overthinking. It's rumination. Definitely been one for rumination, creating false, awful scenarios in my head. I think it's knowing that it's like a, I call it my 24 hour ick with myself. Like I have a 24 hour period where it's just all of this, all of this anxiety or insecurity or jealousy, whatever consumes me. And then it passes. And then you look back at the version of yourself and you almost don't even recognize who you were in that moment. So just know that the feelings will pass and that they're pointing towards something that 
you want and desire for yourself so much and then maybe look at your life and look at maybe the reasons or the excuses or the experience that you've had that may maybe mean you can have that or you can't have that and then what can you do to achieve something like that or be around something like that also but the, the danger with that is being around something that you're jealous and envious of is never really good for you or the person involved because then it can turn into something ugly and bitter um so I definitely would say privately work for your jealousy before entering the lives of people who you're envious of because then it, it can turn into something very ugly okay on to the next question I cannot accept a friend feeling jealous of me they have told me this should I accept this yeah I feel deeply 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 uncomfortable if someone says that they're jealous of me and not in the flippant oh my god I'm so jealous that's amazing but in the Oh my God, I'm so jealous. You can feel it in your chest. There's a difference between um, wanting what someone has and viewing it as aspirational and then wanting what someone has and viewing it as taking from you. That's the kind of jealousy that deeply frightens me and I can't be around because even if a person vocally, outwardly expresses that they're happy for you, their subconscious isn't. And that will show in their actions. Um, to bring it back to high school, you know, that would look like not inviting you to sit at the dinner table and making you feel like you've done something wrong. In the adult world, it actually might look quite similar, I'm not sure. In office jobs and stuff or in your professional career, not being invited to things. Yeah, I personally can't deal with it. I think you're allowed to adjust the relationship you have with that person. Maybe you don't want to tell them as many things anymore. I'm not sure, but just know you have every right to kind of adjust the boundaries in that friendship or relationship. Yeah, I definitely would need more context for this one. Not sure how kind of jealous this person's feeling. I wouldn't mind if someone flippantly kind of says, oh my God, I'm so jealous. It sounds amazing. But there's a different, you can feel it in your chest. The difference between someone just being like, wow, that's aspirational and someone being like, oh, I want what you have. It kind of, I don't know, my mind goes into this like uh, dramatic movie scene of them, like them becoming my secret enemy, which I just can't handle. They end up having some kind of war with themselves and with you and them in their own head that you're just not even consenting to or a part of. And that's that can be kind of dangerous. Okay, on to the next question. How do I stop people pleasing? Okay, I'm definitely still a work in progress on this one myself. I've just done an episode on this with Nedra Tawab, all about people pleasing and boundaries. So definitely go check that out. She goes into it in so much more depth than I ever could and ever will do. But I think the thing with people pleasing is that you're choosing your own discomfort over another person's. And so you need to get into that mindset that tells you it's selfish to want happiness for yourself and look at that voice and just think about how fucking ridiculous that is you're going to put your own discomfort before another person's you end up getting to the end of your life kind of realizing that you didn't really live your own life you lived a life to please everyone else and that you never were yourself and you kind of split yourself into like 15 different selves and you never really get to know who you are and I think that's probably the biggest tragedy is never getting to know who you really are or never living a life that brings you complete and utter fucking joy I'm reading a book at the moment by another podcast guest who I'm so glad to have on the show Martha Beck it's called The Way of Integrity and she speaks about how to stay whole when the world wants you to be lots of different versions of yourself it's amazing highly recommend it 
so many great questions this week thank you so much for being here with me and same time same place next week can't wait love you bye